Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Sunday Recap, a weekly edition of the Grace Bible Church podcast, where we talk about life and faith based off of our sermon this past Sunday. For recordings of our sermons, for more podcasts, and to submit any questions or comments you might have, visit begrace.org slash podcast. For more information about Grace Bible Church, visit begrace.org. I'm Joey Colon, one of the assistants past. I'm Joey Clone, one of the assistant pastors here. I'm Chris Webster, one of the other assistant pastors here. And I'm Dave McMurray, the preaching pastor. Not an assistant pastor. Not an assistant. Well, I get to be regional. assisted. Y'all are such good assistants. Go ahead. Assistant to the regional pastor. That's what yes. my new title is. Regional pastor. Yeah, I, I think yes. that's a promotion. I don't <laughs> think that's true. Okay. Sorry. Assistant to the, um, I don't know. We'll cut all that out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, welcome to another week of the podcast. I noticed our listenership is a little down this week, Chris. Oh, no. We'll blame uh, we'll blame Thanksgiving. <laughs> we only had two listeners instead of three this week, so they heard uh, they heard you weren't there at the beginning and just shut it off. I think no, I don't. Uh, I don't yeah. think that's how the numbers work. I don't know. <laughs> My don't cousin know. said she listens. I was so happy. Oh, hi, oh, Dave's cousin. We get really weird. Actually, the statistics of who listens, it shows you where they listen from. Oh. We get really weird locations like hmm. Sri Lanka. Ooh. And hey, you people in Sri Lanka. There's, there's some that I'm like, okay, we might have somebody there because of X or Y. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot that I'm like, there's, there's hmm. no way. Somebody just stumbled and accidentally clicked on this or something uh, so so people if you're listening from another country we need you to click the link in the description <laughs> and call in and tell us why you're listening from another country yeah there you go Ooh, yeah that'd be awesome we want to meet you <laughs> that would be great yeah um my guess is it's a one-time one-off click but anyways um i don't know why i brought that up or what it mattered to anything it didn't ties um, in directly yes okay. ties in directly to our hope, hope. For if this podcast will last um Hope and clean. <laughs> but we're, uh, I guess we're done with Joseph series. We finished that last week. So yep. we went through all the way through the end of Genesis mm-hmm. and left everybody at a cliff mm. that will indefinitely be left there until, until who knows they read when. Exodus. So, which, who knows when. <laughs> 2029, Exodus. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're in a short four week series for Advent. We're calling it Christmas in Colleen, um, looking at hope, love, joy, and peace for the yeah. weeks of Advent. And then after that, we'll get into Titus. Is that confirmed? Titus is confirmed. <laughs> Titus is confirmed. So come January, you'll probably get your uh, New Year go to the gym sermon and then Titus. Mm. Is that true? I, uh, that part I haven't <laughs> confirmed. I think I might just start right off with Titus. But I think that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. I'll mix in a little go to the gymnast with Titus. You could do go to the gym in like March, and then we're yeah. like, wait, what? What? Mm. It's like because you this all is the fell wrong off the date. bandwagon yeah. already. Yes. Because I know I will have. Mm. Well, this week was Hope in Colleen. So I guess why Christmas in Colleen mm. instead of Advent mm-hmm. or whatever, and then Hope in Colleen? Do you want to talk a little bit about? Your overarching title and your yes. this week title? We have three reasons, Joey. Oh, mm. three. Count Gather, them. serve, join. Mm. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, we, uh, one thing was we just started chatting a couple years ago about how Christmas is a time when people visit the church, especially Christmas Eve. It's like the new Easter in a sense. Historically, folks that don't go to church very often will show up on Easter. And that's really shifting more towards Christmas now, and so we just kind of started talking about how to how to connect with folks that might not be already connected with the church, and so that language is the simplest, most direct language to, to connect online. Um, but then also Christmas at its heart is about the incarnation, which is the localness and closeness of God uh, manifest in the, in the uh, incarnation, becoming a baby. So we thought that really tied in well. And then there's this other piece – we planted a church uh, about five or six miles away, and their strategy is extremely local, neighborhood-centered, and that's really caused me to kind of reevaluate our strategy. We've always been kind of a regional church, so it's made me start thinking more how we can be more about our city and neighborhood and kind of more locally focused. So, 
Those are my three reasons. Mm. So a lot of it is market. Well, some of it is marketing so that people, when they look Christmas and clean, they'll say, hey, this is a place that's doing Christmas. Let's go check it out. Mm-hmm. A lot of it focused on God being with us, mm-hmm. Emmanuel, God with us, mm-hmm. and then just localness of it. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. So Christmas and clean for four weeks because we can't have enough Christmas. Gotta stretch it out. As long as it doesn't happen in November, right? I think that's the rule. That's the official rule. Well, officially Advent, I actually have a question about this. And yes, maybe, go. Maybe this is not cool. Officially Advent is the 24 days leading up to Christmas. So we, It's actually the four Sundays. Uh, debatable. It depends on who <laughs> defines Advent. That's the, that's the whole problem. So you, that, is the, that is the issue. Okay. Well, every calendar except for our church, Grace Bible mm-hmm. Church Colleen, mm-hmm. that I've seen at least this year, mm-hmm. is the 24 days leading up to Christmas. Mm-hmm. And we have our little Advent devotional. Um, so pick one up. They're awesome. They're mm-hmm. designed... I think in-house, right? They're they're like an adaptation of something that we yeah. Someone else did one. We kind of readapted it. Adapt, adapt every year, Mm -hmm. Um, and so ours started a week early, at least a week early. Actually, eight days early, I think. Yeah, from what everyone else's advent calendar is. I'm assuming the only reason for that is so we have enough Sundays to do the hope, peace, love, joy before it's Christmas. Yep, exactly. Okay. So we made it a uh, devotional focus. So back to your original point, this year, December 1st, is four Sundays before Christmas. So that adds up to, so it it lines up exactly with December. So this year, the four Sundays before Christmas lines up with all the days of December. So that's why all the calendars this year line up that way. But Right, but we, we but generally still did one week Sunday. earlier than that, right? For our Right, right. Thing? I'm just going back to, you said it's 24 days. It's not always 24 days. So that's part of what makes it weird. So it's always the four Sundays before Christmas, which some years, you know, adds up to almost five weeks. Some years it's like... Okay, but... Very short four But what weeks. about Advent calendars? We have an Advent calendar mm-hmm. and it's always 24 days. Yeah, that's a, that's a separate little tradition the little advent calendar where you open little doors it's there, there's a advent? bunch of traditions so okay there is no mm. official ruling since we're not catholic there's no like king that tells us how to do our holiday right so lutherans do it a little differently anglicans do it a little differently non-denominational churches like ours tend to not really do it they just do christmas eve and christmas uh, okay i'm chuckling in so, the corner because mm-hmm. dave and i talked about this for like two hours on <laughs> what, what day though anyway last yeah. week i th- what it came down to that i thought we we walked away with was good was mm-hmm. we're focusing on having all the readings together this year so that that was one of the main reasons i think so mm-hmm. if you <laughs> if you have only you could only have like two two hope a uh, piece readings at the end if depending on how you do it so we ended right. up like front loading the readings and yeah it gets a little confusing each year but so if it has to line up with sundays because of our thing then it doesn't leave enough time at the end if we didn't do it yeah. peace yeah. would be you'd have peace sunday and then two days this year and mm-hmm what was it? One day last year and no days the year before or something, yeah, like, something that. like that. Yeah, yeah the so. li- there's like a liturgical calendar, which is the church says this is when we do it. And then there is the little calendar with the windows or the doors. And that's like a that's like a really separate kind of thing. That's like a Christmas tree. That, that's that's right, not really right. connected to the liturgical calendar. Hers- Hershey's chocolate chooses when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's its own it's its own little deal, which is it's an awesome cool thing to do with your kids, but it's not like really connected to the liturgical calendar other than the day of christmas so advent is not a day number okay i'm not sure if i'm convinced but it's all right we, we can google it if, later if you all want to i'm <laughs> tempted to pull out my phone now but i'll probably yeah. just drop it um, <laughs> but okay i'll i'll let it go Wait, because well and the bigger point to me that's really important is our our puritan reformation fathers didn't like doing holidays because it had become a binding of consciences. And so there's a funny thing happening now where a lot of Protestants are like, hey, old Catholic holidays and traditions are cool. Let's do them again. And so I I get this funny tension in my gut where I'm like, okay, wait, you're telling me I'm doing it wrong, but my my forefathers didn't think we should do it at all, you know? So there's a weird 
tension of there's not a right way to do it. You know, like that there's not a you have to do it. I mean, this but way. we can all agree doing it before Thanksgiving is not right. <laughs> Most people agree on that. Yes, that, that's what I'm <laughs> that's the saying. universal line. Okay, because because yeah, yeah. to be clear, we did it before Thanksgiving, right? Mm-hmm. Hope mm-hmm. started. Yeah, four or five days before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure that that that's kind of the line I was wondering is is we might have universal crossed, line. We might have crossed never some crossed line the there. Thanksgiving that's, line. That's all I'm going for. I just want to well, light things on fire and read the Bible. So. However many days I we think can that's do a that. Different religion. Oh, sick. Okay, sorry. <laughs> we did talk about different religions today. Uh, the religion of science. I don't think that's the one that burns things. That's uh. Oh, candles. I I said candles, right? Oh, yeah, candles. light candles mm-hmm. on fire. Okay, yeah, cool. Only candles. Insurance company, if you're listening, it wasn't Chris, <laughs> and we used those little candle holders so that it meets all of our safety codes. Well, this week. We have hope and Colleen as our theme. I guess we can ask about that too. Hope, love, joy, peace. Is that just something we make up? Or is that actual Advent liturgy? A little bit of both. There's a lot of history behind that, but it's made up history. (laughs) Is it our made up history? Or is it... There's a bunch of other traditions that use those terms, but you'll find that they use other ones too. They'll, They'll follow a lot of different tracks. But the general, like, if the f- you do the four candles, it's usually hope, love, joy, peace, and then Christ for the fifth candle, right? Yes, that's the <laughs> most common made-up Advent okay. wreath candle tradition, right? So it's like, I mean, I, and I'm not trying to be a pain, It's all pretend! You have to pick which, tradi- which tradition you're going to jump, you know, which tradition train you're going to jump on, because they don't all agree. Sure. I think this is, you talked about that in point two yeah that's so actually tra- one of my point points one. yeah oh, where it was it's well, funny yeah. it's one of the things that gets me most riled up hmm. like i get hmm. frustrated about that christians are so weird about traditions but hmm. well i mean i guess at some point we have to grab on some tradition right like, exactly exactly so is it like at the reformation is that where we grab on or is it well else and then that we yeah mm. So to back up a little bit, we don't have to grab onto any tradition. We've chosen to well, align with the Advent wreath For Advent, somewhat. yes. I meant mm-hmm. in general, we have to grab onto some traditions, right? Hold on fast to the tradition of your faith and stuff like that, right? There's some point we do. I totally yeah, if you, if you that, trace that but linguistically in, in the Bible, that is talking about the gospel. Yep. So, so at some point yeah. we grab onto some traditions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The gospel. But that doesn't mean all our traditions are there, like right. Advent, etc. Right. Like how okay. we do candles and celebrations is not <laughs> in the Bible. <laughs> cool. I don't know where we're at or where we're going. We well, I know where we're I know where we're going eventually. I don't okay. know where we're at. But uh I did wanna thank you guys for continuing on without me last week. You're welcome. I uh to be honest, I didn't think it was going to happen. Mm. Chris texted me, he's like, are you coming in? And I was busy, didn't respond. And then he sent a link to the video, like, here, watch the video. Are you coming in? <laughs> and I was like, oh, man. I saw it, I don't know, at like 10.15 or 10.20. And I was like, no, dude, I can't come in. I'm sorry. Like, it's not going to happen today. And I, and I was like, okay, that's it. There's no podcast happening. And then <laughs> later on in the day, it was like, do podcast. It's like, look at that. They did it. They did it without me. I listened to it. I thought, man, this is really good. They should just do this without me. No, (laughs) no. It was way hard. This was the one episode. We were sweating and crying. This is, I'll say, that was the one episode I tried to go back and listen to, and I was like, nope, can't do it. (laughs) The other ones I've been able to make it back through listening, and I was like, I don't know. I thought it was pretty good. You did take. Some pretty hard rabbit trails and followed them long ways, but what are we doing right now? All I have, all I have is rabbit trails. Yeah, that's it's good. my job. Rabbit um, trails. But it was good. I was glad that you guys continued on without me. I thought it wasn't going to happen, and I was going to be a little sad. But we did it. Really, the sacrifice we made was in honor of Rooster Cogburn Cologne. Which you need to tell us the real name of. Pro- maybe I don't know. Maybe don't know. not. The people issue. in those foreign countries might oh. use it against us. It's true. Well, we had a son. <laughs> His name is Samuel Benjamin. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Um, so nice. we were we were not very sure about the name last time mm-hmm. we talked on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, fair to say, we weren't really sure even until he was born. Even after that, um, we did have Samuel as a tentative name. We uh, we weren't sure if we we're going to use it or not, but we had it tentatively. And then uh, Benjamin was not anywhere on the list. But I don't know why Benjamin popped in my head when I saw him. 
but didn't feel like a first name, so we paired it with Samuel. So he's probably named, I don't know, maybe two hours after he was born or something. Mm, maybe a little less than that. That's pretty but good. That's pretty good for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Claudia, I don't remember when she was named, but it was a while after it took she like was three born. Months. Joseph <laughs> was Joseph was an easy uh, easy win. Mm-hmm. I heard that they actually used to put on birth certificates like baby last name mm-hmm. if and you could leave the hospital and change and like decide the name later on oh wow i've heard that too but huh. but that was not our case interesting but, but we didn't have too hard of a time it kind of just worked out this time we did so, well it's a good name little so, procrastination cologne yes there you go <laughs> but he is doing well mom's doing well but i don't know baby number three i've heard is is harder recovery and it feels mm. like Feels like it's been been a little harder. Catherine's mm. having to do a lot more resting, and I guess having two older kids, four and two ish, mm-hmm. it's a lot of work. Yeah, I mean, I don't guess that. I know that from <laughs> from actual it is experience. A fact. But so she is at home for the first time right now. I'm planning mm. on only staying um, probably until twelve or twelve thirty today and getting mm. back home. But. I don't know. I might have have a week of half days. We'll have to see, because mm. it's been two whole weeks of days mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. But two weeks ago today, uh, should we start? <laughs> should we begin the episode? Well, let's uh, begin. Let's do it. Twenty five minutes into the episode, or whatever we're at. Um, so we're talking about hope this week, and you took from Isaiah chapter eleven, prophetic book, prophetic text. Um, you took from that that hope leads well, hope reshapes creation. And hope gathers every tribe. Um, you started off with a spoiler from Wally. <laughs> if you'd never seen it, I guess it's probably too long to have to call it a spoiler at this point, right? Mm. So you didn't even introduce it as a spoiler alert, I don't think. But yeah. I think that's okay. Wally's probably, what, 10 years old? I don't even know. More than that. It's pretty old. I've never seen Wally. Yeah. Have you seen Wally? <gasps> yeah. you seen Dude. Wally? Obviously, you've seen Wally. But Rooster Cogburn's going to bring it in. <laughs> well, we we do have um, Disney Plus from my brother who has Verizon, so oh. maybe we'll watch Wally at some point. And for mm. all of you who have Verizon, I've heard that Disney Plus is free for a year, so whoa, that's fun. Um, Sponsor of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, oh man, I don't even remember how to how podcast sponsors happen. They always sound the same. Like the sponsor for this episode is Disney Plus, a place where you can Patrick Lencioni does huh? unpaid commercials. They just talk about a product they like and don't get paid for it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I listen to a podcast that is literally just them talking about products they like. The whole mm-hmm. podcast, oh, is wow. basically, oh. and but it's not paid. It's a completely unpaid podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, they do like a Patreon. Should we do a Patreon? Mm-hmm. Sign up for our Patreon, and you can get behind the scenes um, mm. content of Dave prepping for his sermon on <laughs> Sunday. Recap yes. of the recap. A precap, a precap, recap. Oh. We'll call it Sunday precap. Precap. Yes. That sounds like oh, yeah. a yeah. Mm. yeah. I don't know about sounds pre-cap. like nightcap. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It sounds like nightcap. <laughs> I was trying to think how to say that politely. <laughs> Thanks. Sounds like nightcap precap. I kind of like it. Well, the text starts off in Isaiah 11, talking about, um, I guess the tribe of Judah becoming a stump. Right. That was kind of your little introduction after Wally. Yeah. Um, so if you're with us through Joseph, you know that Judah is the tribe that's promised that they'll have the kings, mm-hmm. right? And that's kind of, mm-hmm. I guess, just been cut off, right? So yeah, they've been like, uh, it seems like it's not going to happen. You know, they're all judged and exiled. and So maybe talk about the doom. Can you talk about the doom for a second? Well, uh, a nine-year-old in our church <laughs> suggested that our first Advent theme be doom instead of hope. Ten. And, uh, he's ten, by the way. Ten. He's, he's so, ten. He's sorry. so ten. He's so ten you nine old. and ten-year-olds who are listening to our podcast, please go to begrace.org slash podcast and submit your suggestions, <laughs> and they might make it into a sermon. Yes, send them in. You got any ideas about love? Send because we in. just randomly chose four words that Lutherans started using a hundred <laughs> years ago. Out of some tradition could, somewhere. Yeah, we could opt for Catholic or... Ten-year-old boy or Anglican <laughs> themes. So yeah, I was designing the art to say hope and Colleen and Eli's just started throwing out random things. He was like, I forget what else he said, hmm. but yeah, we did doom and Colleen. I'm sure there was others, fire and Colleen or something. Yeah, mm. there was a lot of. Mm. And then Dave's awesome, and we wove it into. I sent him a text of like, 
here's what Eli wants mm-hmm. the title to be, Doom and Colleen. And we, then Chris and I have talked a lot about how, like, narrative setup, the whole, the whole point of the hope theme is kind of a longing and ache and brokenness. That that's kind of where the story starts. Like hope doesn't really yeah. make sense apart from that. Mm-hmm. So. that hope really makes good. sense in the story of scripture, right? Where mm-hmm. everything's messed up, everything's broken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Feels like God's been gone for four hundred years. Yeah, and finally, this hope of this Messiah comes—the long expected Jesus, right? Long so expect- yeah, it has yeah. to be paired with the doom. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Eli is definitely right in that. <laughs> good job, Eli. So He's good, such a good theologian, work, Eli. <laughs> and it wasn't just a joke. <laughs> <laughs> he said doom and clean. <laughs> so the the doom for them is that now Jesse, you know, is is not a king. He's he's yeah. his tribe's not mm-hmm. not that. And so it says the text says that a shoot is coming from that. Mm-hmm. And uh I don't know. Shoot is definitely the plant shoot, right? Like yeah. a Yeah, a, a little new sprig of life. A like sapling. I, I cut down a trunk trunk in my backyard and a year later it's now a tree again right like that's yeah yeah i was gonna ask something mm-hmm. i don't know if this is the best spot but you you mentioned it, this is super poetic so it's gonna be hard to be linear you know other than your outline for sure but like uh you mentioned okay this is poetry so we read it slightly differently um mm-hmm. at one point and can you just talk a tiny bit about the different genres of of scripture and and what like how do you approach them differently mm. i don't know if that's the thing you can do quickly but yeah so i th- i find poetry actually easier than narrative poetry though is symbolic and so where christians get kind of confused is when you read it in an overly wooden way you know you'll want everything to represent something that's prophesying in a very literal way when it might just be representing an idea or an ideal um and so i think you have to read it looking for what is the main idea you know is the main idea salvation is the main idea life is you know what are what are these main ideas so you know the shoot coming out of the jesse stump it's not you know the messiah is not going to literally be a sprig of green leaves what that is symbolizing is it looks like this dynasty is completely dead, but the dynasty will come back to life and there mm-hmm. will be a son of Judah that will return and be a, be a great king. Mm-hmm. Well, and, th- and this section is prophetic, mm-hmm. poetry, and yeah. not poetry mixed in, right? We're not mm-hmm. reading all poetry in chapter 11. Is that accurate? Yeah. That's funny. I, I think, mean, I haven't I think the majority it of it deeply, was but yeah. poetry, but yeah. I think there is some commentary, I guess it would be. Gotcha. I see what you're saying. Yeah, so right. like poetry with commentary kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd have to relook and re-verify that. But. Mm-hmm. Um, so this poetry kind of does break into three sections. It's mm-hmm. it's pretty clear as you're reading it, um, at least I think, it's pretty clear as you're reading it. It breaks into three sections. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking the first one is the Messiah is coming. That's kind of the first mm-hmm. section. And that was your uh, hope leads well. The section... The next section kind of bit is, as I was thinking, yeah, hope restores Mm -hmm. creation or makes all things right again, right? Mm -hmm. And that was your uh, hope reshapes creation. That's what you said. Mm -hmm. And then uh, hope gathers every tribe is what you called it. And Mm -hmm. that's clearly the end section, you know, bringing all people, all tribes. Mm -hmm. Um, Hope restores all people is kind of how I broke it down. Mm -hmm. In middle school and high school this week was like, this is the hope of the Messiah, because they were all like, this is Advent, and we're in Isaiah. We're not in the Gospels in Matthew or something, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> It's like, yeah, but the Advent is is the anticipation, the mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. hoping. And so this is this is part of that hope, of hoping for this Messiah. Mm-hmm. And you talked about, you didn't really talk much about the hope being for who the Messiah was. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess who he was. I don't know how to explain what I'm saying, but you talked more about his characteristics and and what he would be like. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest one of those that stood out to me was the judging part and mm-hmm. judging with equity is what the text says. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the one that I think is most clear that, okay, this is not just an individual that's coming, not just some earthly king that's coming, but mm-hmm. the God-man who's coming, right? The Messiah, the Savior. Yeah. Because we can't judge fairly, right? That's Mm, that's even the story of the israelites right god gave them judges but they still disobeyed and you know so 
I know. I feel like that was the biggest characteristic. I might be wrong, but mm-hmm. you talked about a lot of characteristics from the text mm-hmm. of the Messiah of the Sprout. Mm-hmm. The Sprout? Sprout. Works. Not Sprout. Um, <laughs> shoot. Shoot. Shoot that would come up. I guess Sprout does work, though. Yeah. Anything on that? So someone who's coming, you kind of talked about he's coming to lead well, and to lead well is to serve well. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you had any more on that that you wanted to talk. I don't know. You were kind of in a lot of places. So. It was a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of content in that section. I should have trimmed it down. It, it's one of those where you kind of have to choose what you're going to focus on for the sake of time, and I didn't <laughs> I didn't choose very well. I jumped around and tried to cover all of it. it well, it's not surprising the parts I liked, but <laughs> I, did, I did like the uh, when you're talking about we see just the surface of things, you know, talking about mm. It's eyes and ears, and mm-hmm. there, there's I can't remember the exact language in the text, but um, and man, yeah, just I, I was I think hope is that like we do see um evidence and that mm-hmm. informs our hope, right? And mm-hmm. we do see we do see these glimpses of reasons for hope, right? It's not mm-hmm. it's not that we just close our eyes and plug our ears, mm-hmm. right? And that kind of maybe ties into a little bit of your talk about science and like science. We're not afraid of science, but it's mm-hmm. also not gonna make us into God or mm-hmm. or <laughs> rebuild the world mm-hmm. and make you know. Um, I, I was I was thinking a little farther on that, even just like so. Science is primarily observing what's already there right so Mm -hmm. that's like that's the funny thing about (laughs) making that into a sort of pseudo religion is you're just looking at the amazing stuff god made and we've we've somehow tried to chop out the oh god made it we're just Mm -hmm. observing and feeling great about ourselves sometimes right Mm -hmm. and then you add on technology which is which is like a sub creation of like using this creative instinct that god has given us to build something new and i think Mm -hmm. those two combined is what we really see throw us off the rails is we observe something god made we make something you know in addition to that or put it together in new ways and then and then we think we can be god and get rid of him um so Mm -hmm. i don't know i was just i was just fascinated by that but i thought your your description of science was really good because i do think there's that uh, there's Mm -hmm. that um I guess a lot of people outside the church say, oh, Christians just hate science. And mm-hmm. they just like to say, oh, stupid science. We need to just stick to the Bible. But mm-hmm. there is a connection between reason and hope, right? And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> I said a lot. I was trying to emphasize the worldview that seems normal and kind of like, of course, yeah, that's what we all believe. You know, I, I'm trying to unpack that for people pastorally. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, this is what you've been taught your whole life that we have to make decisions based on scientific evidence and what can be proven an empirical scientific method you know way of going about life um so yeah so i was just trying to summarize he's he's not against eyes and ears it's just eyes and ears aren't enough for justice and equity mm-hmm. well i think you you phrased it as uh as what can solve your problems right mm-hmm. so you said you know what we where we struggle with science is that we think we can solve all the world's problems mm-hmm. and you know that's where we should put our hope in mm-hmm. is that God can solve all the world's problems and that he has started that process and he, and he is mm-hmm. working mm-hmm. that out. It kind of, it reminded me tower of Babel connection, mm-hmm. you know, like that was, that was kind of the thing. Like we're going to, yeah, we're going to create the structure. We're going to get everyone here together. We'll be mm-hmm. safe. We'll, we'll all work together and we'll mm-hmm. be like God. We'll reach the heavens, you know? Yeah. And so they were trying to solve all their problems. Mm-hmm this now maybe science and technology we're trying to solve all our problems instead of looking at the messiah the leader who came to Mm -hmm. solve our problems well i think something you just said was making me think you said something about basically we need to remind ourselves of of what we have and what other people don't have i don't remember how you just said it but it was really making me think we i think that's something we need to do over and over and over again in this season where we do have these traditions and they get really close in our face and we do have these things we say year after year after year and we start to be very familiar with that to the point where they stop um, having this this beautiful contrast. Just just like you said, starting with doom to understand what hope is, we just breeze mm-hmm. through the whole <laughs> Jesus servant leadership thing because as Christians we're so familiar with it. It's like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. of, course, of course leaders serve. 
but like it really is helpful to me to 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 slow down and say well hold on you know mm-hmm. i know there's thousands of books on leadership that that don't talk about that that really you know they really don't address that or if they do they're stealing that concept from christianity you know mm-hmm. so there's i don't know i just just that that whole pra- rhythm and pattern i think is really helpful in all of these these moments of so in, for instance like we talk about hope so much but i but we need to remember what hopelessness is and what what does that feel like and have compassion on people who mm-hmm. who don't have hope and 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 be thinking about that and praying about that and you know same with this this science conversation like we should have this compassion for people who think science is going to save them or think mm-hmm. science is enough to to satisfy and last and um mm-hmm. anyway just something you said made me really think about that yeah, I think science should lead to something more like Nietzsche and nihilism, nihilism. I never know how to say that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, but just the kind of like the the evolutionary worldview, you know, the one with the power wins and let the strong survive. In in my mind, morally, that's where science should lead. But this is something different, right? <laughs> this is what's argued here this biblical leadership or servant leadership or, or grace infused leadership is a different kind of leadership. Mm. I wrote down somewhere. I think this kind of fits where it's like just what later on you're going to talk about, you talked about Christians invented hospitals and schools and orphanages. And I was just thinking about why the, the, like you said about nihilism, I guess is how I say it. It's like if everything's just meaningless and going to dissolve, Mm-hmm. what other motivating factor could they have? Like it's such mm-hmm. a Christian thing to, to do that. But then we see people sort of having this uh, co-opted mm-hmm. goodness or like uh, the social justice or like, it's not even social right. justice, just the like, we have we a moral framework without yeah. a reason for a moral framework. And, and that was like, leading well, me of course to, you should yeah, be moral. Everybody knows that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But there's not, there's really not much basis or any basis depending on what you're talking about. But, mm-hmm. but that really made me think of what are their counterfeit hopes and what are the things we should watch out for, um, in our culture? You know, do you guys, does that make sense? Like hmm. what are the counterfeit hopes? What, what are they saying is going to save them? Because we know that th- there's good hope and bad hope and mm-hmm. it depends on what you're hoping in. Yeah. Um, I guess just, just just straight up moralism. Like if we're kind to everyone, everything will be okay. Kind of. Yeah. If we're nice, everything will work out. Uh, science progress. I mean, on the science thing, going back to the eyes and ears point in the text, I feel mm. like it's that's really strong in Star Trek. You know, just like <laughs> if we're smart, everything will be better, and we'll just mm. get better and better and better and better. Huh. Um, well, yeah. I I don't know. I think that might be true. 20 years ago mm-hmm. i think more modern is it's probably more true that people would believe there's there's nothing else mm-hmm. there's no god nothing really matters so might as well do the best that there is now like yeah make the best now make you know the best so of your life so like there's there's nothing else and it doesn't really matter if i do good or bad so i can do whatever mm-hmm. i want but given the choice of doing good or bad doing good Mm-hmm. makes more sense i think that's more of the yeah the argument hmm. uh, it's more kind of person-centered kinda, so like i, I like I it that people are nice that to that me i might as well be silly, nice but mm-hmm. yeah given the option between bad and good mm-hmm. good is a better option to do it doesn't matter if there's external anything and i i would mm. say that there's there's actually some some merit to that and we should look at that and think man mm. when when i am seeing something good that needs to be done do i respond you know, as a Christian who has to do good because God's told me to do good, mm-hmm. or do I respond like, you know, the atheist atheist who says, you know, there's no God, but I'm going to do good anyway. Like, mm-hmm. can we serve in that way almost? I don't know if that makes sense or not, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. you know, can we serve without being like, oh, I have to do this because this is what God commands. Like, right. no, we serve because it's the right thing to do. And God commands it because it's the right thing to do, but it's not like an obligation. I don't know if that makes sense or not. But yeah. We're not necessarily duty-bound, but love-bound. And there's a kind of self-evident nature to what is good. Like, yeah, it's good, of course. Do the good thing. And I think our our friends that maybe don't have our same beliefs, 
they are hardwired. <laughs> God's made them in his image to sure, do good. Yeah. So I mean, it kind of makes sense. They just be like, oh, I should do good things. And, and we know, yeah, so I, I kind of see what you're saying, but we also know, you know, obviously that breaks down pretty quickly and it, because it's not a complete picture of reality because God is an external, outside of ourselves standard of goodness that is, like you, that we were talking about, is going to judge things. So, mm-hmm. so like you go down that path of, oh, it's just kind of better and don't worry about morality, just, just do good things. And then you get to the argument of, well, do whatever you want as long as it doesn't hurt someone else. But that doesn't hold up if there's going to be a God who comes and has a standard of righteousness that is going to say something about what you did. And, and, and even so even sins committed in the privacy of your home that technically don't hurt someone else are going to be judged by God and they do affect your own soul and, and they, they make a mark on yourself. So I think that's where the Christian worldview of God as the righteous standard just strongly comes into play, right? Like you can't, you can't build a system of reality and of morality just based on your own feeling of the thing. So. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I know we all agree on yeah. that. I'm just, I wanted to, you know, work yeah, it out. I think out. we're yeah. all trying to conjecture on what people that don't believe what we believe <laughs> are thinking. And I'm like, well, that's hard to say. <laughs> sure. Definitely yeah. hard to say. But I think, yeah. I think having read into it and stuff, it, mm-hmm. it is pretty clear that we've moved away from, you know, what you were talking about of, mm-hmm. I don't remember what you were talking about, but we've moved from that <laughs> into this like, yeah, there's no God. It doesn't really matter, but yeah. I might as well just do good mm-hmm. anyway. To mm. rational goodness. I guess that's really um, existentialism, right? Mm. I think that's what that is. I guess so. It's like life is meaningless, so be nice. <laughs> I don't know. Plant trees, save yeah. the mm-hmm. climate. Exactly. I was just reading in, I believe it was Ephesians 6, you mentioned the armor mm-hmm. of God part. But I think maybe it was right before that, it talks about believing that God rewards every good thing or something. It was just very Mm -hmm. strong reward language too. And I Mm -hmm. I just, again, back to that, God does exist for us. You know, we know God exists. We believe that. And so there is a standard of of what wrong is, but also I don't think we talk much about God comes and as a reward. I mean, the biggest reward is himself, but there's Mm -hmm. still also that other language of like, he sees it all. Mm -hmm. It doesn't go unanswered. So, so yeah, the sin doesn't go unanswered, but also the the goodness and the obedience mm-hmm. isn't. He's not blind to. He sees mm-hmm. and he rewards. So anyway, that was just another thing I ran across this week. Mm. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we've done the leading, serving, doing good, justice quite enough. But I think it it flows into the next point. So I I want to go for it. I mm-hmm. want to flow into the next point too of reshaping creation. Mm-hmm. Um, so so the tie in between the two for me. So you had hope leads well, and you kind of ended that with the lighting in the Lord allows us to serve well. Mm-hmm. And I think part of our serving well is, is following our mandate, um, have dominion over the earth and, mm-hmm. and reshaping creation. You talked about, you know, the already not yet. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can explain that a little bit, but uh, I think at least as Christ followers, we're, we're called to help reshape creation and, and help be part of that hope. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if you want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, okay. I think not. I mean, I think the basic idea is that we see what God's doing with creation. He's making paradise. In Genesis, he commands us, you know, to shape and fill and form and multiply. And there's this weird thing that's come in in evangelicalism, I think in the last hundred years. I'm sure it's come and gone in the history of all people of faith, but where it's like, um, the world's all going to burn, so just share the gospel and don't don't plant trees. Don't waste your time mm-hmm. with creation because creation's all going to be, you know, judged or transformed or whatever. But I think it makes more sense to say, well, if if God's about making the world beautiful and Eden, and that's part of it's kind of essential to how He's designed humans, then then we should be about that too. And I think everybody has to decide their own balance of that in their life. But I just think we see this vision of creation is going to be awesome and beautiful and rejuvenated. So it makes sense that we would, you know, plant trees. Now I didn't, in the sermon, I didn't apply that. I mean, I was really focused on, on relationally. Are we, you know, do we create an environment of safety and peace with the people in our care was kind of what I'm 
mainly focused on, which I think is a the nearer or closer application for a lot of our folks. Um, well, peace isn't for three more weeks though, so you can't. Do that. <laughs> I can't talk about peace. No. Oh no. <laughs> but but you you were talking about the mm-hmm. hope in the new creation, right? Yes, the hope for sure. In, yeah. He's all gonna make things, all things right. being made right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you said, what What can we do in that, right? What can mm-hmm. we do that relationally Yeah. Um, in our sphere of influence? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't necessarily mean that it means planting trees, but yeah. it does mean training um, vipers to <laughs> hang out with children, right? <laughs> Having cobras play with babies. Yes. Uh, it's an, such an a adder incredible... is a viper, right? That's accurate? Yes. I said viper, but I meant adder. Adder. What's well, that rhythm? That's that rhythm of of do good, but your hope is not in your own goodness, right? Mm-hmm. Like, continue to to steward the earth, but your mm-hmm. your hope is not that we are drumming up beauty perfectly, and this is going to mm-hmm. fix everything, and and our own strength will will sustain us. And um, yeah. I think that's a rhythm too. Even coming to church, um, mm-hmm. you know. You talked and you talked a bit about um, don't just put on religion, put on Christ. And mm-hmm. I was just thinking about that, like that temptation to to come on a Sunday morning and feel good about yourself. But mm-hmm. you know, there's that whole language you, you went into the section about um, when God's saying, "I hate all of your show and your religious festivities because you don't do justice and love mercy." I don't know if that's the same part, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I was going to ask you. You guys, what what does that look like coming on a Sunday morning? What's the difference between a religious just just putting on religion coming on a Sunday morning and and putting on Christ coming on a Sunday morning? Because I mean, already mm-hmm. we've got that rhythm in our life. So is there like a a better way to approach it and a worse way to approach it? Hmm. Is that purely internal? What does that look like? Um. I think we should come to church to grow in our relationship with Christ. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I have a good answer for you. I think religion says I have to go. Religion says mm-hmm. if I don't go, I'm not good enough, or mm-hmm. if I don't go, I haven't met the standard. Um, and following Christ says, you know, I go to love Him more, to serve His people, mm-hmm. um, to study His Word. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. I need Jesus or I need to be seen, maybe. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Cool. I mean, in yeah. uh, chapter one, he says, I hate your worship assemblies. And part of what he hates is that they're they're not caring for the orphan and the widow and they're abusing the poor. So that's this that's the specific mm-hmm. yeah. charge that he brings against them. Um so that's that yeah so it's a little distant from like a sunday morning service in some ways but Mm -hmm. yeah interesting yeah Hmm. i think we should just talk about tithing for 45 minutes (laughs) (laughs) just kidding we already did that last week i know that that was my joke (laughs) all right well you you did talk about a future where we don't have to look over our shoulder anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you kind of already talked about that a little bit in here. But, you know, with your um, being relational reshaping of creation, I guess. Mm-hmm. But you have anything more on that? I mean, you said, you know, we have to look over our shoulder for our boss. So we don't have to look mm-hmm. over our shoulder for... I don't know. What cancer we? was the last yeah, one. Cancer, yeah, cancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, right now there's all these things we're afraid of. And so I think as we say, what does it look like for me to represent God's rule, Christ's rule? So in the future, there's not going to be cancer or predators or these terrible things. So what does it look like for me to create that kind of peace and safety for the people around me right now? And that was, uh, I was, that's kind of a big metaphorical jump, right? Because we don't live with lions chasing, you know, so, I mean, I think to some degree, we've already done that as a society, you know, we've, built a society so that lions don't eat us all the time that's great <laughs> i think we should that's good we, we don't hang do out with them but yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so i think that's why i was focusing on relational because we in our culture we don't worry about some of these physical things as much um so it's like what does it mean to bring to bring that kind of peace and safety and harmony to the to the people around you that god's put in your circle of influence so that was why i was focusing on that piece 
I guess I'm having a hard time <laughs> pushing that from happy fuzzy idea to what 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 like what examples is that is that stopping arguments like what what you know what I'm saying like mm -hmm. what bringing peace I don't know I'm having a hard time wrapping my mind around just like really more concretely mm -hmm. I mean is that is that I think there's always the land of okay share the gospel tell about the hope why you have your hope mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is it more than that I think concretely? fundamentally do you it goes back to the servant leadership piece okay. do you care for others and attend to their safety and their well-being or do you take from them you know, as an orphan trying to mm. trying to get what you need out of life, like what what is your posture in life? Um, are you a predator, right? And you just need to get what you can from people, or mm. do you do you give and care for them mm. and, and build a environment of safety around you? So yeah, that giving versus taking, that mm -hmm. caring versus yeah, withdrawing. Yeah, mm -hmm. interesting, cool. Mm -hmm. That's helpful. Yeah, I think it, it's definitely hard to tie it in modern day. We don't have cobra nests like right around the corner and lion dens around mm -hmm. the corner. But I think tying it in with medical stuff was, was a mm -hmm. good tie-in. Mm -hmm. I think money, too, is, mm -hmm. is a big tie-in. Like, mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about, you know, will I have enough money to pay the rent? I don't have to worry about, mm -hmm. you know, is the electricity going to get turned off? Or can I pay my medical bill bills to be mm -hmm. seen? Like... All of that is is gone in a new creation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Maybe that's closer to yeah. us today. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe we should just go back to vipers and lions. And I talked. To, I don't know if I talked about this in both messages, both services, because sometimes I raise different pieces. But just talked about how historically Christians have been the ones that built hospitals and schools and and orphanages. You know, so I mean that that's historically the kind of things that Christians do. We created society <laughs> to make yeah. it safe. Okay. I mean, historically, completely true. Not sure. I use the word I mean, invent, which is too strong, but... Uh, I mean, big proponents of them. Yeah. A lot of them did Made a lot of common. horrible things throughout. Yeah. Which actually kind of ties into your painting you did that you put up. Yeah. <laughs> but uh -oh. so, so, you know, there's some good... Right, right. You know, I mean, lots of good has happened from mm -hmm. stuff that Christians have done historically. Lots mm -hmm. of good has come from schools. Lots of good has come from yeah. hospitals and orphanages. But mm -hmm. you know, they have been means for a lot of oppression and, and horrible things, too. Um, so when you put up your painting on first service, I was like, oh, my goodness. In that painting, they're, like, handing over a blanket. I was like, is this the smallpox blanket, like, painting? I was like, no. <laughs> Yeah. But it's okay. It's it was a peace right. treaty. It was a peace treaty. I but, joked but in the second service. Of, I was like, "Don't study history too closely, because I'm sure they violated this peace treaty." Yeah, but, I know. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, such a good picture of all the animals together," and I was like, "Ooh," mm. <laughs> but we probably messed it up in in the yeah. background right there. But <laughs> but I think it was good to look at it and see that we messed up in the background. I think mm -hmm. everything we're saying, even right now in the podcast, I'm feeling like. Uh, so much doom. Oh, um, what's his name? Andrew Peterson. Is that his name? Do you feel, feel the yeah. world is broken. Mm -hmm. It's we just do. so. So even all this, we're like trying to talk about hope, but all of it feels like oh, mm -hmm. there's so much mm -hmm. doom. Which to leads thanks, Eli as a great segue to the third point of mm -hmm. gathering every tribe together. Um, so you talked about the analogy was a shoot. Now the analogy is the root, mm -hmm. and. Um, and the first first part of this passage of this section of the scripture talks about gathering all the, I guess the dispor right the dispersed people of mm -hmm. Israel, people who have been um, sent off because of war or other reasons, who are not actually with the tribes at the time. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. a time where they'll all be brought back together. Mm -hmm. But then it opens that the end of this section opens that idea up to being about all nations and all people groups. Mm -hmm. I think it's good to to pause there for a second because we often hear or often think like, oh, well, when Jesus came and that's when, you know, it was opened up to other people or like, mm. you know, after Paul, that's when, you know, ministry to the Gentiles started to happen and mm. and that's when like the, you know, the visions of don't call what I've called clean unclean and all that. Like we mm -hmm. usually, at least I feel like 
oftentimes we look at that and say, after Jesus came, that's when God was open to everybody. But before mm-hmm. that, he was just a God to the nation of Israel. Mm-hmm. Is that accurate? Is this text disputing that? Yeah, I think this text is showing the long-term goal that that's not going to be the long-term situation. I don't think this text really answers whether or not God was for all nations in the Old Testament, but um, other texts in Isaiah do uh, as far as the purpose of Israel being a light to the nations. And then you've got like the book of Jonah and you've got the genealogy of Jesus where, you know, there are all these Gentiles in his genealogy. And uh, I think it's basically just a light reading of the Old Testament makes you think it's all about this one ethnicity but a, a deeper reading you recognize it's about faith and not not just about their their dna or their genetics so you listener dear listener it's not true it's not true <laughs> it's not true any other thoughts on him bringing all the tribes in i mean that was classically um your shortest point Classic. Or classically, is that the right way to say what I'm thinking? I think it is. Per tradition. Uh, per tradition. Yeah, and that's where I talked about tradition. Our tradition, our are, tradition not other Christmas people's stuff. traditions. We are not to hold our traditions mm-hmm. over the gospel, and that's, a, that's just a thing that people get mixed up all, all the time. We, we always, a tradition, almost by definition, is a hardened practice, right? It's like a, this is the thing we should do, and then the more hardened it becomes the more it becomes like this is the way we're supposed to do it you know and there's and i get real uh twitchy about that because uh, we have incredible freedom biblically and you know it's the task of every missionary to go into a country and and be able to affirm and love and bless the weird traditions that are different from theirs that are not contrary to god's law and not contrary to the gospel and so we have to kind of maintain that stance as missionaries in the West as well. Um, so that's why, that, yeah, I always get into these funny conversations about, about Christmas. It's like a thing we're choosing to do. Mm-hmm. God doesn't command us to celebrate with this many candles on this many days and, and, you know, in this way. Um, so basically we just, we just pick how we're going to do it as a group and say, hey, group, let's do it. But even then, churches have to be very careful to not bind consciences I um, mean, that's essentially what separates a Protestant from from our Catholic and Eastern Orthodox friends. They're much more free to bind consciences to tradition. They're free to bind consciences. They feel free. I, mm. <laughs> no, I mean, I know. It's yeah. just a funny sentence Turn to say phrase. free to bar, bear. Uh, yeah. <laughs> See, free to bind. To even say, bind, yeah. Bound well, to be free. The other part you talked about. A good bit here is Jesus being the way, the truth, and life. And you mm-hmm. said, mm-hmm. well, at least in first service, you said something like, the way means this and the truth and life. So the way means this and the truth and life. And I was like, why is he not changing truth and life? And then I realized, oh, he's just trying to make a point that the way means different things. What were those things? The, the way, the truth, and life. The word way is road. Road. So it's, it can be road or highway. And so I was just trying to connect it to in, in the Isaiah text. It's a highway that he's building, you know, it's, he's using the language, kind of using images to reflect the, the parting of the Red Sea. He says in verse 16, like when I did this, you know, like when we parted the Red Sea. He's saying in the future, there'll be a highway, more like a highway that connects all people, that all people mm-hmm. can come and yep. they don't have to cross rivers and barriers and, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, so, yeah, so it's a lot of weird language. It, it's not familiar, but verse 16 kind of summarizes and says, all this weird stuff I've just said is is going to be like a new Exodus. Mm. There's a uh, there's a passage in the Message version of the Bible that I've historically loved to make fun of, mm-hmm. but I guess it makes sense in light of this. So it's Psalm one nineteen um, thirty five from the Message Bible. It says, "Guide me down the road of your commandments." I love traveling this freeway. <laughs> Like, that's such a strange way to say that, but I guess it does make sense if the way means more like the highway or the freeway. Mm-hmm. So you could translate it as, I love traveling this freeway. I love traveling on God's freeway. Yes. It just seems a little strange, especially for you Texas people. No. Do you guys call it freeways out here or highways? 
Highway. Highway. Okay. Yeah. In California, we call it freeways. Mm. And so funny? when I came here, I was like, oh, on the freeway, blah, blah. And people were like, on the what? <laughs> All our roads are toll roads, so we can't call them freeway. <laughs> not free. Fair enough. <laughs> Sorry. I was Fair traveling enough. recently. Fair enough. <laughs> Ouch. Um, I had a question just in summary, maybe, of the whole this whole concept of hope. So mm-hmm. maybe two related questions, but I was, I was thinking we could talk about a little bit is... Um, one is why you're talking about hope i feel like around the holidays there's just so much hopelessness hopelessness why is that is that you know is that like i was just kind of interested in why why even in this context of what we're talking about is there people see fake hope around them and they realize mm, they don't have it maybe and there's counterfeit hopes you're putting your hope in the wrong thing yeah yeah i think it's high expectations too so they see fluffy, fake, glitzy, commercialized hope. And then they also have maybe expectations of, man, I wish I had this great holiday experience, you know. Um, I know that's, uh, in over the years in our family, just being married, you know, that's part of what you're working out is, I expected this and you expected that. And we, you know, I thought it was going to be this way and they, and they thought it was going to be that way. You know, there's just this tension with families and husband Mm. and wife kids parents Mm. the whole nine yards um so i think that's a lot of there's a lot of weird family pressure on people at the holiday time or people looking across and not having family and Mm -hmm. being all Mm -hmm. alone and saying that's where all the happiness is and the grass is green people (laughs) thinking that family celebrations are pure happiness yeah Yeah. man but you know (laughs) so so then of course you know thinking in that same question of, of how we portray hope and, and doing it mm-hmm. rightly, uh, Piper had some great thing recently. One of his solid joy podcast episodes was, I think it was talking about, we are not salesmen of mm-hmm. God that mm-hmm. are trying to make God look greater than he is. He mm-hmm. actually is that good. We mm-hmm. have the greatest thing. We have the, the biggest mm-hmm. hope. Mm-hmm. And so that's encouraging to me to not try to like, feel like, we need to like ramp this up and glitz up mm, this happiness yeah. we've got. Instead, it's yeah. pointing to God and not our own celebrations. <laughs> it's like all yeah. our celebrations, the only goodness in any of our celebrations are based on God's goodness. And we don't need to feel this pressure to make our celebrations in themselves so perfectly happy. It's mm-hmm. it's God is always going to be the source of that. Yeah, the celebration mm-hmm. is another false hope for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like even making sure our advent is only 24 days and not <laughs> you know the perfect calendar someday we'll have it um so then yeah. the other question i had um was what what's maybe maybe dave maybe joey maybe both uh what's your battle plan when you feel hopeless what you know when you have a moment a day or a moment or a, what do you tend to do what are your weapons to <laughs> to combat that you just have a funky day say <laughs> uh pray mm-hmm. first is where where I go first and then then I often attend to physical I'm a very if like my depression is often very tied to my physical state of being if I'm if I haven't slept in a couple of days I'm usually I feel pretty hopeless <laughs> mm-hmm. so I you know I might take a nap um and then probably the third thing I would do is uh talk to a christian friend you know Said, I've been feeling down. Will you pray for me? You know, try to be encouraged. I mean, I, you talked about darkness and Christmas being in the middle of winter. It's the mm-hmm. darkest time. I just keep being struck by the weird rhythm of when daylight savings time ends, even just mm-hmm. some like that's, I don't know. It's a weird season, but mm-hmm. yeah, like being just aware of that, like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, my sleep got thrown off for a couple of weeks or whatever. The kids I mean, are, just going yeah. out and sitting in the sunshine is yeah. huge for <laughs> me. And yeah. That, don't be inside all day and yeah. yeah and when we did that retreat a month ago or whenever that was like yeah. the stars oh yeah i forgot how awesome stars are you mm. know so i mean creation is very helpful to me to remember god's bigness and goodness mm. um the scriptures uh, are of course a big part of that for me but i'm probably because of what i do i'm i'm in the scriptures so much that that's not it's usually not missing when i feel hopeless so. mm. Joey, you have any battle plan for that stuff? I mean, I was going to make a joke and say I just work really hard, but <laughs> that, that actually is yeah. one of my ways of like uh-huh. 
earthly, you yeah. know, trying to work through it. But I Getting mean, Dave's right with, with other options for mm-hmm. more proper ways to do that. But for me, a lot of times is like, well, I'm just going to work hard. I'm just going to put my head down and just push through it. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah. it's obviously not the right way, but that is a lot of mm-hmm. how I deal with it a lot, I think. Mm-hmm. so. Yeah. I, I've, I've said this before here, I even, but I think obviously I'm a music guy listening to music, but, uh, but it struck me a few years back of how often we seek out music that matches our mood, hmm. but you can actually do the opposite and say, like, choose a mu- music of the mood you want to have. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's often a way to, like, it really does. Mu- I think music is the language of mm-hmm. emotion and the ma- language of your soul, kind of. Mm-hmm. And so that really can actually guide your guide your. Maybe, mm. maybe, maybe aesthetics in general, right? You're saying sunshine. I'm saying music. <laughs> maybe uh, go to somewhere that just feels happy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Embrace mm. your humanity. Yeah. And I'll, yeah. Cool. That's what I had. You have anything you can't let go this week? Stuck on your brain, in your mind, mm. in your head. I have one that's kind of petty. Petty. <laughs> <laughs> A right, paper cut. What is this? You ready right. for this? This Uh-oh, is petty. this might not be by petty I mean maybe not kind, but don't take it as unkind. It's just <laughs> kind of fun. Mm-hmm. It has literally been stuck on my brain for several weeks and it's related to the sermon. Mm-hmm. Chris, will you say the word that means two lines that will never intersect? Running next to each Asymptote? other. No, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> So, so there's perpendicular. That would be lines parallel. that intersect. Parallel. Parallel. Okay, Dave, will you say that same word? Parallel. <laughs> it's because I had you say it first. I shouldn't. Have. <laughs> I'm a parrot. I just imitated what it said. Do I usually say it weird? So, How do I say so it? Parallel. Every, every, every week, every week, pretty much, you use this word in your mm-hmm. sermon. Almost every week in your sermon, mm-hmm. you say, and this is a blank. Of, parallel. Yeah, you're saying it all right right now. <laughs> Man, this, this is, is the weirdest. I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna pull all the audio clips of you doing it weird, and I'm gonna paste it in. Like the yeah, all together. Yeah. Do a mashup. Yeah, yeah. I Parallel. Mean, Parallel. Oh man, now Parallel. I can't remember how you say it. But legitimately, every week you do it. Oh, at least one or two times, you use parallel in your in your sermon, and you say it funny. And I always want to tell you, like. Are you doing that on purpose? Because hmm. sometimes you say th- say things weird, weird on, on purpose. purpose, and I say that, and you're like, "Well, actually, blah blah," and I'm like, "Well, actually, mm. you're right, but maybe not." <laughs> um, hmm. Anyways, I'll have to pull audio clips and show you. <laughs> but every week, and you did it this week, and as soon as you did it, I was like, "That's got to be my can't let it go." Mm. It's gonna sound like I'm a <laughs> fool, but I have to do it. Oh, I just oh. had these, this picture of someone coming into the office like, what's Joey working on? Oh, he's editing clips of Dave saying, <laughs> Parallel. Oh, my, my, old, my old pastor, he had a, there was a surgeon that went to our church that would write down every made up word he ever did. You know, like. I think it's good and beneficial. I'm not yeah. doing it to be mean. No, 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 no. I, it was hilarious. Like he kept this long list. It was at, and it was like at his 30 year anniversary or something. He. He read it. I think he even like dressed up like him and kind of did like a, a fake. That's awesome. Like an invitation. It was, yeah, it was hilarious. All right, we'll wait well, for that. Well, Put parallel it music. is one of your words. I don't think I'll actually make it on it, but you listener can now mm, listen yes. and try and find Dave's. Listen for the way I say parallel. He just <laughs> he just puts the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. Parallel. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I think Never your noticed. emphasis is at the very end of the word. Parallel. Parallel. Something like that. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. It's probably like a. I'm holding it out. Yeah. There's some weird things I do just as a matter of breathing or. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. I feel like I it could, makes I could envision that. I really can see weird. that. Just say yeah. asymptote. asymptote. That'll work. <laughs> I was like, lines that don't intersect. Asymptote. <laughs> Not the word I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> Look it up. They'll never intersect. Are you they just about keep Euclidean getting closer. Euclidean or non Euclidean geometry? Mm. Uh, yep. Something you can't let go. <laughs> it's I don't hard. have anything. Okay. I, I don't know. I'm tired. Uh, this is, a, I don't know if it's a not let go thing, but we bought our first live tree. And Whoa. it's really pretty Ever? and it smells nice. What Ever. Well, mean? I pulled up what a does that small mean? Charlie Brown Christmas tree. tree. Oh, Christmas so tree. So our first Christmas, I uprooted a little Charlie Brown tree <laughs> from a field. We weren't really there. Like we were going somewhere else for Christmas. So I just uprooted it and like stuck it in some water. But 
and it was tiny and it was very Charlie Brown. But this was a legit big full fur or something and it's really pretty. So, so you usually do fake Christmas trees? You usually do fake Christmas tree. Do you own a fake Christmas tree still? I still own it. I didn't quite have the heart to throw it away, but I'm thinking about throwing it away. Hmm. We only do live. Only do My live. wife loves the live tree. Hmm. Yeah, we can't do fake trees either. We're not mm. allowed. Mm-hmm. We're not allowed yet. It is a tradition that must be upheld. <laughs> By my wife. It's not allowed. That's what I mean. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I think my I, wife I think and I, I even... had both seen it done as kids on and off. Like, so we'd been around live trees and it always seemed like a pain. It didn't seem, mm. you know, we didn't have positive experiences with it. So neither one of us were real excited about live trees when we started doing our own but it was really nice it's really pretty they make a big mess yeah a big mess mm-hmm. i'm thinking about when we get a tree this year putting it on the tile oh. i don't know if she'll let me but <laughs> that would mean it's like in our kitchen our oh. christmas tree hmm. but i'm thinking of making that suggestion okay. decorate it with cheerios it would be so much easier be to, to clean we could work mm-hmm. on maybe some subliminal messaging just to kind of get it in her head i could just ask her probably too. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine, <laughs> tile, trees, do it. <laughs> kitchen, 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 kitchen. kitchen. Do you have anything, Chris, or you really don't have anything Man, you can't really, let go? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't have anything Chris worth needs, sharing. Chris needs some Christmas cookies, everybody. Uh, I need right. to find my happy thoughts so I can fly. I've got an appointment. Peter Someone's Pan. waiting for me. Oh, What's what? new? Somebody's oh. waiting for Dave. Ah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, ouch. Christmas cheer, everyone. Well, <laughs> thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to Sunday Recap, a weekly edition of the Grace Bible Church podcast, where we talk about life and faith based off our sermon this past Sunday. For more sermon recordings, uh, recordings of our podcast, and to leave any feedback, visit begrace.org slash podcast. For more information about Grace Bible Church, visit begrace.org. If I'm not near next week, you'll probably know why. Have a salty dun, dun, Christmas. Dun, dun, dun. Salty. <laughs> <laughs>